guys, this is Dan, and welcome back to Fandible Podcast Network and our brand new show, Tell Me About Your Character. Today, I'm very happy to be joined by Michael from the RPG Academy. Michael, go ahead and say hi. Hello, everyone. This is Michael, as Stan said, from the RPG Academy Podcast, and I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. I'm glad to have you here. You're one of our very first guests. And uh, honestly, thank you so much for uh, for agreeing to be part of the show. This is a bit of an experiment that we're doing. And honestly, we've gotten a, a lot of really good uh, feedback and responses. Uh, for, so I'm, I'm really excited about how this is going to turn out and, and keep going. <laughs> Uh, hopefully. Anyway. Yeah, I've, I've launched a mini, a new show. I completely understand <laughs> that it may or may not go as planned, but we're here for you. Exactly. All right. So why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell them uh, who you are, what you do, uh, just in case they've never heard of you, uh, which would be weird if they've heard of us and they haven't heard <laughs> of you. But, you know, it happens. It's a big world. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, it is. Again, my name is Michael. I am the, the the lead, I guess, the co-creator of the RPG Academy podcast, which is at this point a long running, about six year long running podcast. It's primarily aimed at teaching newer people how to play the game. Uh, we do a lot of theory and discussion that's actually system agnostic, but we we were originally were a D&D podcast, but then we realized we were talking a lot about other games or not specifically D&D, so we changed the name to RPG Academy. Uh, I'm a big believer that there's no wrong way to play. As long as everyone at the table is having fun, then you're doing it right. Uh, so if you like, you know, murder hobo and dungeon crawls, or you like never roll a dice for six months campaigns, as long as everyone's having fun, you're doing it right. Yeah, yeah, sounds like we uh, we subscribe to the same general school of uh, of role playing, so that's great. Uh, all right, so the whole point of the show, as the name implies, tell me about your character. Uh, it's one of those things, you know. M- uh, a lot of us, all of us, have our favorite characters. Uh, nobody wants to listen to us uh, go ahead and just go on for uh, for half an hour about them. At least not not when we corner them in the in McDonald's and they don't know who we are, uh, as as has happened to me before. It's like when someone says, "How are you doing?" They just want you to say fine. They really don't want an answer. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, you know, we're t- we're taking a bit of a risk here and hoping that, that maybe a few people, uh, at least two, maybe three people, want to uh, go ahead and listen to us uh, gush about your, our characters. Uh, so, you know what? Let's let's go ahead and uh, jump to you. Tell me, do you have any favorite characters? Do you have a, like one specific that comes to mind, or do you have like a series like, oh, I've played rogues all my life and, and it's always been great, or anything like that? Um, so for me, I I'm perpetually the forever dm uh, again i've been playing the game now for over 30 years but by far the majority of the time i'm the dungeon master or the storyteller or keeper whatever the you know nomenclature is uh so i don't get to play that very often in comparison mm-hmm. uh but recently we we had a, a campaign that we started on the show which was a an actual play podcast and uh, normally i play wizards that's like that's my go-to if there's a if i'm trying out a new game i've never played before and there's a wizard character or a wizard type character that's what i gravitate to but i wanted to go outside of that box for myself and i played a character named army mott who i absolutely loved uh (laughs) it was the first time i had ever played a female character i never played Uh a, 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 a cross-gendered character or non-gendered character before mm-hmm. and she was a dwarf uh which i do love dwarf dwarfs are another one because I, I love dwarf wizards i just think that's like an odd combination so i love to play that uh and i, I kind of went in on trying you know there's sort of the cliche that every adventure has you know they're all orphans they have no family they have this really tragic backstory right so i tried to make my <laughs> my background as tragic and 
as odd as possible. Um, so her her history, uh, and I, I'm probably jumping ahead. I'll, I'll 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 lay out the groundwork, and then we can go from there. Is she was the eighth, seventh, and eighth uh, child of a dwarven family on this island, and I'll get into that in a minute. Um, I had six sisters, and then I was a twin with a brother. And my parents were not very wealthy, and, and they were having a really hard time to to have six children. And now they had eight. So since they already had six daughters, and now they had a son, they gave me up to the temple as like a ward of the state. So I had a family and seven siblings, but I was still an orphan. Ah, clever. So so they just went like, ah, one too many. Exactly. I was the yeah. odd woman out. <laughs> That's great. So this was what, uh, D&D 5th uh, Ed? It, it was D&D 5th Ed, though we played a very rules-light version. Um, it, it, the campaign exists. There's only like 20 episodes, and then it died, which is unfortunately is the curse here at the RPG Academy. It happens. Uh, yeah. But it's called Rot, W-R-O-G-H-T, Iron. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, so it was a very, it was actually a very Dwarven-centric campaign. Uh, it was kind of like Waterworld where we were on a planet that had been flooded by an unknown event called the Great Flood. And we now the dwarves, instead of living in caves, they lived on the top of mountains, again, like Waterworld. It was like the only places left on Earth were these islands that were the, you know, the peaks of these mountains before the flood. Now, here's the thing. As I understand it, dwarves can't swim. Is this is this just a stereotype, or is this true? Uh, at least in the game that we played, they were very good swimmers, but that, oh. that might have been like an evolutionary trait because of what <laughs> happened. Um, and in fact, some of our dwarves had um, in, innate abilities to hold their breath for a very, very, very long, long time. It was sort of taken from the pearl divers. Right, right. Uh, so you have dwarves that could hold their breath for for a long time because a big part of the campaign that we never got to explore, uh, our version of the of of Underdark was called the Everdeep. So oh. you had this flooded world. So the you know everything below the surface was like a dungeon. You know you could go to these old caves and homes or whatever. Um, so a large part of the game was going to be us exploring underneath the water uh, in these dungeon-like environments that were underwater. So to make that work, we decided to give our dwarves the ability to hold their breath for a really long time. So, so, so basically, only the dwarves that could learn, learn how to swim survive this this apocalypse. For the most part, <laughs> yeah, there was a, definitely a higher population of dwarves in the world. Uh, at least the, the starting area was a small island uh, mm-hmm. that we all lived on. We had one elf who was there almost like a researcher. Uh, mm. was just like watching all the dwarves and would like take notes on what we were doing and how we were living like a um, was a, uh, an anthropologist, I guess, yeah. uh, but be- became embroiled in our adventures, as it were. And eventually we got on a ship and sailed off to other places that we didn't really know existed. Uh, and that's where the adventure really took off. But unfortunately, it's also where it died. Ah, that's a shame, but because it sounds like a great world, I honestly I love the the idea behind it. It's 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 uh, it's inspired, honestly. It was a, a lot of fun, and it it fell into one of the things that we try to do a lot. We talk about the session zero. If you listen to our show, there's mm-hmm. it's a drinking game now, where whenever one of us says session zero, you take a drink because that's the number one thing we talk about to make sure that your games go well. And we had a very long sessions there. It lasted for months, though it was, you know, email here, Twitter message there, where the all the players and the DM worked together to create all of these different elements. Um, and I thought we, again, I was very happy with that world. I would hope maybe to someday revisit it, uh, but we'll see. 
that'd be lovely. Honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to seek it out and, and listen to it because honestly, like, I I had no idea uh, this was recorded, uh, and uh, I'm gonna have to check it out because I, I love the the idea behind the, the world of it. Uh, the, that that whole sort of like uh, was it was it the ever ever the ever uh, deep. deep. Ever deep, I love that. Uh, so, so going back to the character herself, uh, what, was, what was her name again? Uh, Army. I say that that became sort of a thing because no one, myself included, could pronounce it. Like every time there'd be a slightly different inflection, like Army, our Hummy, our Ummy. So it, it became somewhat of a joke that no one knew what my actual name was. <laughs> Uh, so how did how did it start? How did you know when she's she's an orphan with a family? Uh, how does she get sort of pulled into to the adventure? So um, one of the things that we created through this long session zero is that as players, I knew what was going on. That, that that's a big thing we also do that that we we talk about. It's okay to have character seekers, but not really player seekers. Even though the DM can still have things that no no one knows. But as Michael, I knew that the church was corrupt. And that they were actually involved in smuggling. And that's how the church made a lot of their money is they basically controlled the government. So the, the temple was the, the government. And I was a ward of the temple. So I grew up as an orphan inside the temple structure. And eventually I became like when the game started, I was a dock foreman. So all these ships would come in. We would unload, you know, their goods and resupply them and they'd go to other places. Uh, but it was actually a smuggling operation that Army, I lovingly say that Army was a lot like Forrest Gump, that she was very innocent. She she took everything at face value, but was not the smartest person in the world. So the fact that she never questioned certain things, like like in, in her mind, there was, a, there was an area of the warehouse where she put boxes that weren't on the manifest. She never questioned this. That's, that was what she was told. If there are any crates or boxes or barrels that aren't on the manifest... This is where they go. Someone else will take care of them. So I led a group of dwarves who would unload ships and separate out the the contraband, completely oblivious to the fact that there was something weird about it. Um, that's, that's her story, and you're sticking. And to I'm it. sticking to it. Um, <laughs> so she never thought of herself as an adventurer, and and you know we got embroiled in some adventures, and and that also was the other joke that I was never prepared for combat. I, I never wore armor. Ever, because I'm like I'll live like on a on a ship on a dock. I'm not going to wear heavy armor. What if I fall off? So uh, she was never armored. She very rarely ever carried her weapon with, her, especially early in the game. I had a cudgel that I carried to keep my my workers in line, but like I would just take that with me when we would go on adventures. Because like I I'm not an adventurer. I'm not someone who wears armor and has a big weapon. So that kind of became the joke that I was also woefully unprepared for every situation we got into but ironically i was the best warrior in the group and i still kicked a lot of butt <laughs> ah, that's great too. that's 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 awesome I, I love it when it's just something that completely unexpected it's like you're you're not you, you walk in you know little dwarf or you know medium-sized dwarf i guess uh <laughs> He's coming in, no armor, stick in her hand, still proceeds to beat ass. Uh, sounds like fun. So do you have any like particular moments or like something that sticks in your mind? Is like when, when, when you think of this character, this is the moment that, that defines her for you. Uh, there are a couple. Uh, one I really felt was sort of a character defining moment. And um, again, my character, when we started the game, was still a ward of the state. She still lived in church grounds and, and that kind of thing. And so the very first adventure that we get into is some children go missing from the orphanage. So the, the place that I grew up and children that I knew personally 
were missing, kidnapped, they ran away, something happened. So we were we were pulled in to assist them, uh, or I should say to look for them. And this is going to get confusing really quickly, but we actually <laughs> did. So so Caleb, who's our DM, hates running games at first level. He he abhors mm-hmm. it. He hates it. I'm a big purist. I like to start at first level. I start like like to start at zero level. But mm-hmm. uh, so as a compromise, the first two episodes of the show are essentially flashback episodes. Like we're in mm-hmm. a bar talking about previous things that happened. And we essentially laid out what would have happened for level one and what would have happened for level two. But the game actually starts at level three, which I think is the third episode. And that's where this happens. So there's some stuff that happens before, but it's all very much like, that's not how I remember it sort of a <laughs> thing. So we go looking for these children. Uh, we find the children and we find one of the members of our island society was behind it, though. Again, I know it's Michael. There was more to it than that. And he ended up dying. It was, you know, tragic. Um, so when we got back home, I said, you know what? I'm just going to take this dude's house. And I didn't say it nearly like that. It was all within the story. <laughs> but but I basically got my independence because this person had a home. They were now dead. They had no other relatives. So Army moved out and into her own place. And that was a very big moment for Army to sort of, ex- you know, express her independence that I'm now going to live outside of the church. I'm going to have my own place. And there's a whole section uh, one of the the adventure, one of the episodes, is a basically a housewarming party where my family comes to my new home and we have a housewarming party and it gets very family awkward very fast. <laughs> uh, love that episode. It's one of my favorite things we did. And again, it's all role play, it's all improv. Uh, but yeah, it, it is cringeworthy, but also so so much fun. Uh, honestly, a little bit of cringe, just just it, it's like seasoning. You, you sprinkle it on top, and it just makes everything better. Exactly. Uh, but my actual probably favorite funny moment, because uh, that's kind of what I go in for too, is uh, again it, it kind of is a playoff of her name and the misunderstanding of her name a lot. Uh, so we get after we get leave the uh, the island, we get on a ship, we hire on a crew for for, for a captain who you know takes cargo place to place, air quote smuggler. And uh, he takes us to his home uh, sort of base, this island. It's like it's like very much um, a pirate island, even though we don't actually know that at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're out exploring the city, and we each have our own individual adventures one day. And I get into a fight. Um, and, and there's actually a very typical uh, hero moment where there's this like old man who was getting married to get you know get rolled by some thugs, and I step in to protect him. Mm-hmm. And one of the thugs says, "Who is going to stop us? You and what army?" And I said, "No, no, it's army." But most people get it wrong, <laughs> and it was just like an in the moment thing, wasn't planned. It just rolled off of everyone's tongue, and I just I love how how in my mind that's funny, and two, it fits perfectly with everything that had happened in the game and. At the game, the fact that we as players screwed up her name, and in the world, people screwed up her name. So I love that moment. <laughs> oh no, that, that's great! Yeah, and it's it's a perfect moment of uh, not just uh, being funny, tying into everything, uh, but also you know a pretty badass moment. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it worked out well. I did well in the in, in the fight, uh, but yeah, I just absolutely, I still sometimes think back to that moment. Oh no, it's it's army, but most people get that wrong. <laughs> that's that's amazing. I love that. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, uh, so you know, you, you said that the campaign, unfortunately, is, is fizzled out for at least for the moment. Uh, fingers, yeah. fingers crossed. Now that we've heard about it, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna see if we can uh, recruit an army of our own that would be uh, to, to get to request it. Yeah. Um, but wh- so, where did we leave off? What, what was what was the last time we saw Army? What what was she up to? So, in our in our flashback episodes, uh, we had borrowed. One of, one of the characters was the archetypal rogue who got every one of us in trouble and was just, you know, do everything wrong. So we borrowed someone's boat. It was actually a visiting captain, the same captain we ended up working for. We borrowed his boat one day and we went off sailing and we found this island that we had never seen or heard of before. And we had this small adventure on it where we found this big large treasure and each of us found our own individual treasure. And that was a big thing. It was all part, part of session zero. So we knew it was coming, but each of us had found or given or got a specific magical item that we didn't know was magical at the time. And, you know, we had an adventure. We were being chased by something. We got back on the boat. We got back to the island. And when we told the captain what happened, he was very interested in that island. Like, he, like, very much perked up. Like, what do you mean you found this island that shouldn't have been there? And so we learned that basically this island either moves or only appears at certain times. It's sort of like an El Dorado type thing. People search for it because it's full of treasure, but no one can find it. So we know that that's why he hired us onto his crew is he was hoping we would eventually be able to lead him back to it. Um, And then... There was this big battle where our island was attacked. Uh, my family, there was a tragedy within my family. One of my sisters died, um, oh no. which was awful. Uh, so that's the reason why we decided to go on the ship and get away. We all wanted to leave this island because it was full of heartache and tragedy for us. So we go to this other island. We start having adventures there. And then the captain comes back and says, hey, have you ever heard of X? And that was one of the things that we had been looking for. So it was going to start with us trying to get back to that island. And that's where it, it basically ends with the captain saying, hey, have you ever heard of the Everdeep? And which is, you know, again, what, what we nomenclature called the underwater mm-hmm. uh, dungeon. And that's where it ends. So it was going to pick up with us actually starting to explore the, uh, the Everdeep and try to figure out where these things that attacked us came from. Uh, again, it's very much like a Balrog in Lord of the uh, Realms where, you know, people had dug too deep. So apparently yeah. people were under the water searching for things, again, digging and that kind of thing. And they must have let something into our world. And Caleb's a big horror guy. So it was very HP Lovecraft sort of Cthulhu-ish monsters that were attacking us. Not, not that powerful, of course, because we would be dead. Uh, but there was this like, you know, sort of unnatural horror creatures that were what attack were attacking the island. So I think we were going to go down into the Everdeep and try to figure out what had happened. Um, again, from what I understand is Michael, some of the contraband that had been flowing through our island city were relics from either another place or another culture, and they were trying to get them back. So we basically had, you know, pulled them into our area unwittingly. So I think we were going to go explore that. So it, it ends with a, hey, you guys ever heard of the blank? And then the end. It's a little bit of a cliffhanger there. It's a, or, or that, that was one of those uh, season finales where they set it up hoping to get the next season, <laughs> yeah, but they're exactly. not quite certain. We weren't sure if we were going to get picked up for a third season. So we, we ended it where we thought people would be like clamoring for more. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's great. Uh, honestly, I like the the fact that the 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 deep beings. I mean, as soon as you've got the ocean, as soon as you've got those steps, you've got to go eldritch. Yeah, you know, you you, you got to have some tentacles in there. That's just it's 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 law. It's not it's not, it's not a proper game unless unless you've got something eldritch coming up from the depths. Uh, but I, I I I'm still I'm stuck on like I actually love the idea of just the underdarkest flooded and now it's this 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 strange underwater uh just mystery and i'm still stuck on this world i love it <laughs> <laughs> well feel free to to take you know use it in your own games and then just maybe tangentially link it back to our game in some way i might just have to i might just have to <laughs> um so it, so we know we know you know how she started we know you know one of one of her great moments we know where where we left her off and uh so in the future, should you get the opportunity, should, should you get to come back, where, where would you like to see her go? What would you like to see happen with her? So there, there was sort of a big uh, subplot re- with ARMY that um, she believed wholeheartedly in the church's teachings. Everyone else knew that it was bunk, that it was just being used to control people. You know, the, the, it wasn't like the church was smugglers. It was that they were smugglers pretending to be a church in a lot of ways. Um, but army believed it all. She wholeheartedly believed everything, all the teachings. And we had sort of created our own pantheon and it was very vague. We didn't go into a lot of detail, but we had two main deities that we had created. We had Ingvar and Kovar and they were a male and female dwarf pair. Uh, Kovar was the warrior who was attack our enemies. And Ingvar was the mother protector who would take care of people but if her children were threatened obviously she would defend herself um so there was this whole big thing about where that religion actually came from and was it true and did anything mean anything and um my character i i started off as a fighter even though i never wore arms or armor uh and i eventually multi-classed into a cleric even though i didn't quite have the abilities i was supposed to again it was a rules like kind of game sure but when i went into a cleric i didn't just become a cleric and cast spells because in our world magic didn't quite exist it's like a dragon lance in a way you know it was like it was mm-hmm. like legendary so my spells would manifest them as themselves as almost like small miracles where you know i would touch someone and you know try to help them and i would end up healing them but it wasn't like i cast cure light wounds it was just like oh let me help you i'd bind their wounds and they would be miraculously better the next day um and then as i got more and more spells it became more and more almost miraculous there was a there was a moment where i cast the spell uh i think a spiritual weapon but in our world another version of myself split and I went into both places and was attacking two people at the same time. So mechanically, it was a spell spiritual weapon, but, but on the fluff, it looked like I had somehow created a twin. Um, and at some point, I got a magic hammer. Honestly, at this point, I don't even remember how I got it. But I eventually got a magical hammer, and that was what my my main weapon was. And um, we had this big prolonged dream sequence where I was sort of navigating which god I was going to sort of you know follow. And I ended up choosing neither and then both. So my hammer on one face, there was the carving of the face of Ingvar. And on the other ha- other side, there was a carving of In- uh, Ingvar, Kovar and Ingvar. And like I would twist it around. So like uh, like if I was going to attack someone, I would twist it so the Ko- Kovar side was out. If I was protecting someone, I would twist it so the Ingvar side was out. And I, I was getting to the point where I had to realize that I was doing things that were quote unquote magical. Um, and so I was going to further explore that 
and try to figure out, was there truly these gods? You know, why was I given these powers? How was I able to do these things? Even though I was really, again, somewhat simple and, and, and trusting, it had got to the point I knew something unusual was happening with me. But I, as, as my character, I didn't know what. So I wanted to explore that and try to figure out what was going on. Uh, there was also a subplot going back to our family, awkward family dinner. One of the other characters in the party was having a, having a relationship with one of my sisters. Um, she became pregnant. Uh, she later died. That was the tragedy. When, when we were attacked by the, the eldritch beasts from beneath the sea, she did not make it. Um, so he went into this sort of like depression where, you know, his, his fiance essentially uh, died. And army started kind of having feelings for him. Uh, it was somewhat subtle. I didn't think it was subtle at all, but apparently it was because <laughs> Scott wasn't picking up on it. But I was kind of not really flirting because Army didn't flirt, but it was like overly motherly. Like, do you have what you need? Are you rested? You need some food. You need, you know, I was just constantly trying to make sure he was comfortable and happy because I was starting to have relationship or your feelings for them. And I think eventually we would have got to the point where more than likely that would have ended terribly. <laughs> Especially for Army, but we were building, or in my mind, we were building towards a possible romantic relationship between me and Scott's character. So you, you were headed straight towards tragedy on all fronts. Yes, as far as I can tell, you, you had the, the the potential crisis of faith as uh, as uh, I guess the belief in the in this church uh, she had conflicted with the actual gods coming in and, and, and confronting her. Uh, you had what was most likely a doomed romance. <laughs> yeah, uh, was not going to end well. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, just in general, like he was dating your sister, uh, who died tragically. This, this, no, no. Yeah. Well, and and he's well. also, he was a dog. Like he, yeah. uh, th that was somewhat of the joke too. That was really weird that he had a relationship with her. Uh, because he was the one who would, you know, he was a charismatic rogue. He was sleeping around with everybody, but he did apparently actually, you know, love my sister. Uh, from the outside, I, we all thought he was just like, oh my God, she's pregnant. I'm trapped. But he played it as if he actually cared for her. So it was doomed no matter which way he decided to go from that. You know, either is a rebound or, you know, he, he loved my sister, so he wasn't going to be with me or he didn't really love my sister, but she's, you know, it just, it was not going to end well, no matter what. <laughs> so uh, and so, you know where 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 you'd like to go with the adventure. You know where where you would like to 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 have continued. But you know what? Let's assume the the worst has happened, tragedy, and 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 we we never pick this story back up. Uh, much much to everyone's uh, uh, dismay. Um, should that happen, do you have like an an image if you're on your in your mind of of you know her her go, her off into the sunset moment her where she ends up you know the adventures are over uh does she die in the dungeons does she come back up and spruce up that new house and then and build up a family does she start up a new church now and she is the 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 pope of the twin dwarf gods or or anything like that yeah my, my sort of ending for army assuming it doesn't end tragically which it probably would have but in, in a perfect world ending she would have returned to her home island would have ousted the false prophets and the false, you know, worshipers and rebuilt the church in the proper image of whatever she learned in her journey, what, what the true gods and gods were and would protect children and orphans. You know, that, that's where she came from. That's where her adventure started. And I see it. That's where it would end with her protecting children in some, some state, hopefully related to the church that she now has, be, has become to believe in because she knows that, that there's a truth being told and not just a cover for smuggling. 
Nice, nicely done. I li- I like it. Uh, it's 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 not a bad journey for for someone who was literally the the, the runt of the litter. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's just like ah, I want too many mouths to feed. <laughs> like you know what? Yeah, yeah, she did good. She did good. Uh, great. Uh, so honestly, is there is there anything else about her that that you wanna just kind of tell tell our folks like, hey, this this if if you were to decide to to do fan art of her or or or, or write your own fan fiction about this this glorious character of mine, uh, what's what's the one thing uh, that you would want people to know about her? Well, I will say that this is actually one of the first times we ever did get fan art. We had oh. I had a person who found that campaign who really enjoyed it. So we have like two pictures posted in certain. Uh, like if you actually find the episodes on our website, I think I used their art for like the posting art a couple times, uh, which makes me really happy. Um, and actually one thing I want to clarify, because again, I'm trying to remember this now. Um, but when we had that awkward family dinner, it turned out my parents became wealthy, but they weren't <laughs> at the time. So when they gave me up is because they were having trouble feeding that many people. But after the, I was I, I was out of the family, they ended up becoming very wealthy. So when they come back, they're all rich. But they never came and got me. I was still already out of the family. Um, so the, the sort of the salt in the wound is that they now could easily have cared for me if they would have just waited a little longer before they made the decision. Um, but um, Army is, you know, I, I keep using the, the phrase Forrest Gump. I'm old. That's a movie that resonated with me as a, as a <laughs> that's, youngster. That's fine. Anybody who doesn't know, you have Google. Google Forrest Gump. Yeah. It'll be it'll become clear. And and that's that's sort of what I envisioned. So Army had this red hair that was like in a fade with a rat tail, like just like a long single, not even a ponytail, but just like a long waterfall in the back, uh, business in front, waterfall in the back situation. Uh, was never wearing any armor, so she would just have like the typical Robinson Crusoe, you know, raggedly cut shorts and like a white uh, V-neck uh, like linen top, and then a hammer with the dwarven face carved into each side. So if you've got any fan art, uh, fan art ideas, that would probably be the key elements that I would include. And I love that 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 visual image of the, the hammer with the two faces, because you know you can just switch it. It's like nice mode, not mode. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yep. Either way, I'm going to kick your butt, but one, I'm going to do it nicely. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I love that. I love that. All right. Well, honestly, I think that's, uh, unless you've got anything else to to tell us about ARMY, I think we've got a pretty clear image of her, and I I can see why you love her. Uh, I'm in in love. Again, I'm in love with this world. I really (laughs) am. I'm going to use that somewhere. I'll give you guys a shout out, uh, because I love that. I really appreciate it. Now, I think that would be it. If anyone is interested, we've, we've ruined the campaign uh, for, from all the big story beats, but I still think there's a lot of good moments, character moments, and a lot of good role play in, the, in that campaign. It's it's the most recent one we've done. It is one of my favorites. Uh, it's also the only one I think we've ever done on the show that I wasn't the, the DM for. Uh, it all still exists on the internet. You can go to our website, therpgacademy.com, or you can just go to our any podcatcher. I think we're on pretty much all of them, the RPG Academy. Uh, we do or have, I should say, fairly recently split all of our feeds because we have a bunch of different shows on our on our. I know, uh, I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, and that would be under what we call the campaigns. So if you go to the RPG Academy, you can find everything. If you go to the RPG Academy, there should be a separate um, feed just for things called campaigns, and this would be called Rot Iron. N W O W R O G H T Rot Iron. Awesome. And we'll go. We'll go ahead and find and hunt it down and, and put oh, some links on the, in the show notes as well. Um, but you know, um, yeah, we we may have spl- uh, spoiled a few plot beats, but 
you know what? She wasn't the only character in that in that campaign. There's still plenty more that you can find out about uh, how how all the other characters came in and uh, and, and affected everything. So uh, there's there's still plenty of motivation to go back and listen. Um, but great. So you know what? We're gonna go ahead and uh, call it a day here. It was great. Absolutely great to have you here. Um, I, I loved hearing about her. I love hearing about the world. And uh, before we go, is there anything you want to go ahead and just tell our listeners? Any, any big prize? I know uh, RPG Academy does uh, a catacon, which we've been to a few uh, a few years now, and it's it's been a blast every time. Uh, so is there anything that you guys have going on that you want our, our listeners to, to be aware of? Uh, there's nothing like specifically new, but if anyone isn't familiar with our show, which I'm sure there are actually a lot of people who listen to your show. <laughs> at who, least three or four. At least three or four. Uh, I do hope you'll check out uh, our show. We, we Again, we do a lot of different types of things. So very quickly, the rundown. Uh, faculty meetings are, are our – I'm from Kentucky. I can't speak English. Are our sort of GM theory and advice shows where you usually take a topic. We talk about how to how make your campaign run better or give you suggestions. Because, again, we, we don't tell you how to do things on our show. We tell you things that we've done that have worked. And we tell you things we've done that have not worked. Uh, and you are to take from that what you would want. Uh, show and tell is our interview shows. Generally, those are Kickstarters these days where people are running a new, a new campaign and we talk about that. Um, field trips are one shot adventures that are not really focused on the rules. It's just kind of having fun, but it's like a one session in this setting or system once and this other different DMs, different players just sort of rotates around. Campaigns are our long form actual plays like Rot Iron. We have a few others. Unfortunately, they have all died tragically. So any that you listen to, eventually they're just going to stop. But there's some really good stuff in there if you want to explore. Uh, and one of the things that we do that I'm a big fan of is called the Trials. And these are one shots in different systems. But we are focused on the rules because we're trying to teach people how to play that particular system. Usually we get the the person who designed the game or one of the designers to run it for us. It's often also related to Kickstarters just because that's the way the world works right now. Uh, but if there's a system that you're interested in, there's a good chance we've done a trial of it. And there's a good chance that one of the lead designers was the one who ran it. So that would be something to listen to. One of my absolute favorites is the Masks, the Next Generation, the uh, superhero powered by the Apocalypse Young Justice game. Absolutely love that one. And then our most recent thing is we do a show called Detention, which is a very loose format sort of talk show that we do live on Wednesday nights on our Twitch channel. But there's also the audio only stream that comes out as well. Uh, so if any of that sounds interesting, go to the RPGacademy.com. Find us on any social media that the RPG Academy um, and say hi and we can direct direct you to specific episodes that might hit your interest uh, and come hang out with us on Wednesday nights because it's a lot of fun and a catacomb. But you already talked about that. Yeah, no, and, and, and I will go on about a catacomb at length if, if allowed. Uh, we we actually posted a, a small review of it uh, for for last year's one on our site, and uh, and if all goes well, we're, we'll be going to the next one. I, I hope to see you there as well. All right, so th- so then let me actually go ahead and mention yes, a catacomb again. I'm sure you will talk about it hopefully very well, but uh, we are going to use Kickstarter again. That's that's how we always raise our funds. The Kickstarter goes live in March, so near the end of March, like middle to end of March, is when the Kickstarter goes live, so people can go ahead and buy a badge. I know that's very early in the year to buy a badge for something in November, so we will sell badges outside of the Kickstarter as well. But uh, generally, they're cheaper in the Kickstarter, and it helps make sure that we have the funds that we need. So if you're interested in going, uh, either as a GM, as a regular player, as a sponsor, then the Kickstarter in mid to late March is the easiest and best way to help us. 
All right, so one last thing before we go. Uh, we, we at Fandible have a, a bit of a tradition of, uh, before we sign off, kind of asking our listeners a question, uh, either about the game or about uh, something related. So um, uh, do you have anything, like if, if anybody, or people who, who are the show and might be uh, curious or inspired either about the, the world of, uh, that ARMY was in or ARMY herself, uh, do you have anything you'd like to either ask our listeners or or would like to, to see or hear from our listeners regarding her or, or her world. So we did get fan art, which I mentioned, which is one of the few times we've ever gotten that. So obviously I'd love to see more. I'd love to see other people's interpretations of what her hammer looks like. Cause I would love to see different interpretations of how that would look to different people. Um, and I would like to see, you know, uh, I guess let's, let's do like a, a fantasy, all the genres, all the books, all the novels, everything's like, who would be a good match for Army? Clearly, she's in search of love that she's never really gotten from her family. She's never really gotten it from uh, Scott's character. She has a crush, which I, we didn't mention, mm-hmm. on one of the captains of the guards. And, and uh, everybody in the church is female. So Army has some conflicted beliefs about uh, about her status, you know, relationships and sexuality. So who would be the perfect match for Army to make her happy? Yeah, nice. I like that. I like that. And you know what? Considering this is probably going to be up in February, that's that's a nice uh, uh, Valentine's, Valentine's Day yeah, kind exactly. of question. Let's 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 find Army a date. Let's let's find her a soulmate. Uh, you know what? Maybe we might find her one in one of one of the other shows, uh, one of our other episodes on this one too. Yeah, we do like a special crossover episode, like a what if? You know, what if Rod Iron meets, uh, you know, Solo Star Wars story adventure? There we go. You know, Cassian Cassian uh, may, may also be on the hunt for love. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, Michael, it was absolutely awesome to have you on the show. I, I hope uh, I hope you had fun too as well. I did. I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, anytime, anytime. And uh, all right. So we're signing off. So again, thank you all for listening. <laughs> Michael, go ahead and say say bye to everybody. Again, thank you for listening. Fanwell is an awesome show made up of awesome people. Uh, I love each of them dearly. And I, I hope this show does much better in the future. I've set the bar really low. So there's nowhere <laughs> to go but up. Yeah, I know, which, which again, we, we, I appreciate personally, on a personal level, you are my hero right now. <laughs> all right, so thanks all for listening, and goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Tell Me About Your Character. If you enjoyed this, you might also want to check out our many other shows on the Fandible Podcast Network, dozens of actual play tabletop RPGs, and our long-running series, The Solo Shot and Long Shot. And if you really liked it, consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com fandible. Not only will you get episodes early, but you'll also get access to our subscriber-only Discord server and the Fandible Notebook, now featuring the soon-to-be smash hit game Three Goblins in a Trenchcoat by yours truly. Come back next week for more Tell Me About Your Character. <laughs>